0: Hey everybody, it's Monday. This is Mark. Welcome to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Can you promise that I will come back? No. And if you do, you will not be the same. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. I know you doubt me. I I know you always have. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. ...and saved him out of all his troubles. troubles, troubles. All right, so this is Monday, January the 10th. At least the day that I'm recording and releasing this episode. I don't know what day of the month or year it is when you're listening. But thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit today about... A unique challenge in ministry that has been blossoming over the last couple of years and that is online church versus in-person church. We're going to talk about some of the real struggles of it. Uh, I'm going to try to look at some upsides uh, to both, Um, but really just kind of maybe give voice to some of the frustrations and, and fears that we have and that we're dealing with and try to give us some perspective as well. But no doubt about it, These days are difficult uh, in church, not just for church members, but also for pastors. And this is a podcast about this poor pastor. So my experience may be different than yours, but I think we'll probably have some things in common, and I hope that it is going to be an encouragement to you. So I hope you'll stick around as we talk about online church and in-person church on this Poor Pastor's Podcast. I'd have to go back in the archives and look. I know we've talked about this before, probably sometime last year. That's almost a given, considering the fact that last year was pretty much the first year that I did the podcast. I did a few episodes at the end of uh, 2020. But I don't think I've talked about it at any great length since then. And I want to talk about it today. Because i got to be honest with you. I am super struggling with maintaining two churches, essentially. And let's back up. So before the world turned upside down um, for us in March uh, of 2020, when they went to a... um, when they went to uh, the first shutdowns and that seems like forever ago we had already at that time started a uh, a live stream because we had a couple of seniors who were not able because of health reasons to get out we had started live streaming our service on um on YouTube only we hadn't done Facebook we'd done YouTube only and I was using my smartphone, and it was it was still good. It was plugged in through our sound system, but it, it wasn't designed to be an immersive experience or even an inclusive experience. It was just so that our seniors could watch and hear uh, what was going on, uh, especially the ones who were at home and actually had smart TVs. Now, they, most of them didn't use computers, but they had smart TVs. Actually, the husband and wife that we started live streaming for have in the in that time now both passed away and gone on to be with the Lord, and um, we're still live streaming. So we had an initial setup already. When things shut down, and regardless of where you stand on this, we we shut down in March because we thought, nobody knew what this was going to be. I know, I know, you did, right? You've known all along, but so many of us didn't know what this was going to be, so we, we took uh, our... Um, our governor's word for it, that this would just be, you know, the infamous two weeks to flatten the curve. And it ended up, it ended up, you know, going on for a while. While I already was doing online um, uh, videos through my music and different things, I had a mixing board, I had all the setup, I had all the microphones. So I started doing a live stream on Facebook and on YouTube from my office for a few months. And it had some really good benefits, but it it wasn't the same, right? We desperately wanted to be gathered together. What a shame to have a a church building in which to meet, and the church couldn't meet there. But, you know, I'm not going to rehash all of that. When we started meeting back together again, the deacons and I decided to continue the live stream. But one of the things we were worried about, and one of the things that um, one deacon in particular... Voiced a concern is, Pastor, I think that some people may choose to stay home if they have a live stream option. Um, I discounted that concern a little bit in my mind, but it has, you know, it has proven to be accurate. I, I have come to recognize that staying home has been made easier by people or for some people, not everybody, but for some people, it's been made easier because, hey, they can watch on the live stream, and maybe the inability to watch on the live stream um, would have motivated them just a little bit more to get out and to come to church, but now um, there's not a real uh, big emphasis uh, for, some, for some to do that. We're still having people watch from, you know, different places in the country uh, that tune in to watch, you know, Moms and aunts and that kind of thing, um, and and some others. I get messages uh, from time to time from people who are watching and from other states, and I'm glad, I guess, I am that we can do that. But you know, we it, I've I've always had the uh, opinion that if I'm going to do a ministry, I want to do it to the best of my ability. I also want it to accurately represent, you know, what we are. You know, I, we're not trying to do a live stream production that is head and shoulders above what you would get if you came in person, right? We're a small country church, and we're simple people, and our live stream is a simple live stream. We don't have a lot of special effects and a lot of different things. Um, we use OBS uh, streaming software, we use Caster.io, and, and, and we're, I consider myself a little tech-savvy, and we have a pretty good setup, our audio is good, we have, uh, we have a good camera, and my son actually is learning how to do that, and so he's been doing it. We've recently, in the last couple of weeks, um, because we have uh, uh, big screens on our, in our sanctuary, um, he has started um, broadcasting my slides, if I use slides in a message, uh, he has been broadcasting those to the live stream audience, so they're seeing what we're seeing, and we're trying to do the best we can to make it um, as inclusive as possible for those who either have to or choose to watch from home. And that's really the rub for me when it comes to online, to online church. It is that not everybody who watches from home has to watch from home. Some are choosing to. And I go back and forth between... Um, discouragement and positivity, like, okay, so they're choosing to watch from home, but at least they're watching, right? So that's a good thing, right? They could be doing something else. If they're watching from home, at least they're hearing the message. Then I have the negative side of me that says, but I'm busting my back trying to make this work and trying to do both, and it's not easy to maintain this, and they ought to be in church, and and then I go back the other direction, and my poor wife has to hear this from me all the time. And I just told her the other day, I said, babe, I am I'm getting exhausted trying to maintain two churches. Because the dynamics between online church and in-person church are quite distinct. They are very distinct. Um, let, me, let, me, let me explain, for example. If you're watching church online, and maybe someone listening to this podcast, you do. This is not intended as a criticism, but it is the reality of it. If you're watching the services online, it is not the same as being there in person, because there's nothing for you to do to participate in the worship service and in the congregational aspect of it, the the gathering together of, of believers. If we're not careful, online church becomes a consumer model where you're sitting there consuming more content, and then sometimes people can get people can get kind of um, critical. The sound isn't just right, or the the camera angle bothers them. Uh, I've gotten text messages on the platform before preaching from a. From someone watching at home, who could have, who I knew could have been there in person, making a request for us to do more work, to to in a certain area to make the home viewing um, experience as close to real being in person as possible and i don't even i don't think they meant it anything by it i don't even think they recognized it but and it just it just chafed me the wrong way when that happened one i don't think the majority of people who watch from home understand how much work goes into um a live stream especially if you're not just setting up a camera off to the side somewhere and letting the letting your uh, phone pick up the audio, and it's poor audio to begin with, but if you have any kind of um, software and production value at all, and you and you want good audio and you want good video, it takes work. Setting up the live stream, somebody has to do that every week, someone has to monitor the live stream, there's transitions that need to take place. Uh, in the case of slides, there's that that gets... And I'm glad for the person doing that in the church service that they have an area to serve. My point is, we all know how critical we can be of what we watch online. Um, whether it's a movie or a news program or a documentary or someone's YouTube video, production value um, adds to the experience and we become very critical. We all become hyper-critical, little, little uh, Siskel and Eberts of the online viewing experience. And I think sometimes some people please hear that I said that, sometimes some people can forget that we are offering this as a service to them so that they can watch from home since they can't or have chosen to stay home and watch it. And the most stress that I've had From online church viewers comes from people who are choosing to stay home, not those who have no choice. I have found that those who had no choice even before the pandemic were just beyond grateful that they actually could hear and see what was going on. But those who make the choice sometimes behave more like consumers rather than congregants. And so that can get really, really frustrating because you're, you're thinking about the live stream, you're trying to include those people, you're trying to make sure that you recognize them. At least that's what we're trying to do. Now, some people set up the live streams, if you want to watch it, watch it. Don't care what you see, don't care what you are saying. going to check the comments, none of that. We, I said, if we're going to do it, let's do it the best we possibly can. But I got to be honest with you, it, it, is, it is absolutely exhausting sometimes. I have some pastor friends who've chosen not to live stream and I understand why. And I had a pastor friend of mine say, you know, Mark, I chose not to live stream because people ought to come to church, and if you don't come to church, you don't get to see and hear what's going on. I totally get that. I really do, and I feel that way sometimes. I mean, guys, I really do. I feel that way. There's part of me that says, if you don't care enough and you could be there, um, then why would I want to break my back so you can sit home? But then I think about radio ministry. I think about the radio in in Britain and C.S. Lewis's radio broadcasts and... Um, and the different different men who would get on the radio every day, and they would broadcast to the troops who couldn't be there, and they would broadcast to people who were stuck at home, and how encouraging that was. And I realized that that's different because those people had no choice but to be where they are. I do, however, think, rightly or wrongly, many people who are even choosing to stay home, are choosing to stay home because they feel like they have no choice. They feel like this is the best option. Let's be honest. Some people stay home and watch online because they're carnal, because they don't want to go to church, because they they don't have to get up and they don't have to get out of their pajamas, and and they can talk and they can go around, they can watch later. Yeah, I, I refuse to believe that that is the majority of people doing it, though. Yes, there are some who do that. But a lot of people really are blessed and encouraged by the message. I do a lot of online ministry. We do our live stream. I do this podcast every week. Um, for the last 20 weeks, I just put out my 20th episode today. I, I decided I was going to get on my pastor's page uh, on Facebook. I have a pastor's page called Pastor Mark's Page. and um, <laughs> Creative, right? And, uh, and every Monday, I sit down and I just sit in front of my camera and I just chat. It's just a talk. It's just it's just a chat for people, just to try to encourage them, because everybody is so discouraged today. And I've done that now for 20 weeks in a row, and I get a lot of positive feedback from that. There's no structure. I'm not preaching at people. Most of the time, I'm just rambling and chatting, like I would if I was to sit in your home drinking a cup of coffee. I do a lot of online ministry. I know that it is beneficial. I know that it is helpful, and I would not want to um, stop doing it. But it's exhausting. and it's discouraging. It's discouraging when pastors look out yesterday, for example, I put I don't want to over I don't want to overstate this. I worked all week in the way that pastors work on sermons all week, but I probably put a solid seven hours into the preparation for last Sunday night's message. And we had Lord's Supper. And it was a pitifully attended service. I mean, just the core, core, core of our church was there. And I was gutted. And I thought, why am I even doing this? Why should I? I mean, that's the thing that pastors struggle with. And I hope that you'll understand this if you're listening and you're not a pastor. It takes the same amount of work, sometimes more, for the pastor who has 15 people, as it does for the pastor who comes and has 1,500 people, or 500 people, or 300 people, it takes us the same amount of work to put together the message. And maybe you would say, well, if you were a better pastor or a better preacher, you'd have more people. I can accept that. Okay, that's fine. But when you put that kind of work into it, and you believe in the message that you're, that you're preaching and the book that you're teaching... And then no one's there to hear it. Knowing that there are people watching online is of some value and is some encouragement. But man, there's a reason that we were supposed to gather together. And I just, I I went home last night discouraged. I think we're going to have a low attendance all throughout the winter. As long as the news media is hyping up fear about Omicron uh, or the next variant and the next variant and the next variant and there are Christians who have decided that not getting sick and staying alive is more important than anything else in the whole world, even though Christians have never been, are never supposed to be so in love with their life that they're trying to save it at all costs, you know, he that saveth his life shall lose it, whatever. Um, I probably misapplied that verse, but I feel like that sometimes. Like, when did it come that staying alive was the most important thing to a Christian? over obedience to christ and the gathering together of believers i just i mean i know what you're going to say well there's a virus yeah but i mean there's always going to be something and this is never going to end i mean you can't tell me that there's ever going to come a time when the president or the um public health officials are going to say all right it's over go back to life as normal and all you people that haven't been going to church start going to church again that's never going to happen. They are never going to say those words. And sometimes I wonder how come Christians are so afraid of dying. I don't want to get into a discussion about the virus. It just plays into it. And it's the reason we're doing online church, right? Because of this. But I'm having, like, so many other pastors to go through the week and maintain two churches. On Wednesday night, we do a Zoom call. So we have members who uh, dial into the Zoom call, and their 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 um, uh, faces are up on the big screen in our fellowship room, and then we have a conference mic mounted to the ceiling, so people on Zoom can see our entire fellowship room, and everybody in the fellowship room can see the people on Zoom. And that's a little bit better because I can see their faces. But then we have live stream on Sunday morning. We have live stream, excuse me. I'm I'm I just had a soda. Uh, live stream on Sunday night. The only time we don't live stream is for Sunday school. And it's it's exhausting. It really, really is. And I don't know I'm just I'm just struggling with it. One of the dangers of of home livestream church to me is the lack of, of of community the lack of gathering together again you become a consumer not a congregant and the bible tells us that part of being the people of God and the community of faith is to gather together when you come together Paul said to the church at corinth when you come together. Our spiritual gifts, he said very clearly, both in Corinthians and in Romans, our spiritual gifts are there for the benefit of the body of Christ, not for us individually. Now we can use them in our personal lives, but they were given to us for the benefit of the body. An online church could never be that, can it? I mean I could be wrong here. I mean this is what I do, I go back and this is part of what's so exhausting. Am I just being a stick in the mud and refusing to acknowledge that an online community is in every sense a community just like, um, just like uh, an in-person community? I mean, TV and radio personalities, they build these communities... And they never see these people face to face, but they, then they make a plea to their community, and people send money in, and people, and so, and, and that's by definition, I guess that's that's community. I, I'm, this is part what I struggle. This is where I said I go back and forth. I want to beat my hand on the pulpit and say, if you're not in church personally, in a building personally, then you're not being obedient to the command to gather together. But then I wonder, am I just am I just being stuck in the mud? Am I being unwilling to change where change is necessary? But see, that's the thing. Is it necessary? If I had no alternative, that's a horribly pronounced word. If I had no, I was just, I I was halfway through the word and I was thinking about something else, so I tripped over it in my brain. If I had no alternative, I would have no problem, I think, with saying, look, this is the only thing we can do. Let's say a nuclear bomb went off, you know, and it's radioactive outside, and the only way we can gather together is through the internet. We would do the best we could under the circumstances. But the truth of the matter is, throughout human history, God's people have always found ways to gather together, if only in the smallest groups of two and three. But they physically gathered. But to be fair, the Bible knew nothing of technology like this. So am I, being that old fuddy-duddy, that I, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is young. the Internet's a, of the devil, and I don't want nothing to do with that evil Internet. And, you know, I make, but am I that way? Is that is that who I am now? Am I just being unwilling to change when change is necessary? I talk about change and the value of change and the benefit of change and the necessity of change. What, is this just me saying I don't want to change? Maybe it is. And if it sounds like I'm being wishy-washy, it's because I'm being wishy-washy, and I just wanted to have this episode to voice some of these frustrations, because I bet a lot of you guys are facing the same thing, or maybe you're not. You know who I sometimes envy? I envy those pastors who get online and give the impression that they've got it all figured out. You know, they knew from the beginning that the virus was a fake. They they know when Jesus is coming back. They know this. They know that. They're just so self-assured. When I am plagued constantly with self-doubt, there are times that I just, under my breath, say, Father, I have no idea what to do. And I fall back on Proverbs where it tells me that if I'll acknowledge God in my ways, He will direct my steps. I said, Father, I'm just sometimes I feel like I am wandering around in a dark room. Help me not to bump into anything that's going to kill me. Pastoral ministry has been hard in these last two years, and the dynamics of online versus in-person church are not easy. But if you're trying your best... For the people of God that you serve, I just want to encourage you by letting you know you are not the only one out there struggling with this. I think there are some potential wonderful benefits of online ministry. We have a dear lady who was saved at our church, who was first introduced to our church and to me through an online video. It can definitely be used of God. I think that I try to encourage myself, and I would encourage you if you're live streaming um, and you're getting frustrated by it, I would encourage you again to try to consider that at the very least, I I know it's not the most, but at the very least, if people are watching online, they're still hearing the messages. I know it's hard to preach to half or three-quarter empty sanctuaries, especially when you see other guys who's they're, they're... screaming at people who are, you know, with full with full auditoriums. I, I get that. You know, guys who pastor small churches in rural areas, um, it's just not the same thing, right? It's not the same thing, but man, it hurts sometimes, and you wonder, why am I even doing this? Like, what's wrong with me? If I was better at this, I could fill a building like those people, but you try to be faithful to preach and teach God's Word. I get that. And then we have a pandemic, and then we have... Then we live stream for the sake of those who need it, and then some of those who don't need it choose to take advantage of it, and then they're gone. And how do you pastor people that you can never see? Guys, I know how frustrating this is, and I wanted to give voice to some of the thoughts maybe you've been thinking. But then I want to just tell you that in spite of my frustrations, at this point in time, I'm going to just keep on the path that I'm on, because I don't know who's hearing the messages that I'm preaching. I don't know who needs to hear that message and who might get onto Facebook or YouTube and watch that. I try not to look at the view count. I try not to pay attention to those things. I do look for comments, but I just don't know. And as long as we have that technology, I kind of want to take advantage of it but if your choice is to say, I'm going to meet in person and in person only, or I'm not going to do live stream, I just want you to know, I get that. And I don't even disagree with you. But I want to do everything in my power to be able to say to God when I give an account, Lord, I did what I could for them. I gave them every opportunity to gather. I gave them every opportunity to hear your word. I gave them every opportunity to experience the blessing of the community of faith. And I want to encourage you to do the same. I want to encourage you that if you're going to do a live stream, do it to the best of your ability. But again, don't be fake about it. Don't make the production value so that it appears like your church is is better off than it is. And if people came in person, they'd be like, I'd rather watch the live stream. You know, just let it be a good representation of, of your church. Know that there are going to be people who, because of their spiritual level, and the fact that they are susceptible to the culture around them, they are going to choose to, to stay home and watch a live stream sometimes rather than coming uh, to church. But there have always been Christians who, because of their spiritual level and susceptibility to the culture, have chosen to do other things on Sunday rather than gather together. So again, it's not the optimal, but if we have to accept the least for the time being, I'll accept the least while I am going to pray and lovingly encourage people to do better. One thing I definitely want to encourage you to do, I believe this is right, but you are. if you're a pastor, then you, you follow God's leading here, but I, I work very hard not to unload my frustrations on the congregation about people who are watching from home. It's like preaching to the choir. Uh, so to speak, and I'm I, I want to win them. I want to woo them. I want to get. I want to. I want to win them with guile. Like I want to be. I want to be um, attractive in how I pastor them. And if I have to confront, and if I have to. Um, you know, deal with a matter that is somewhat serious. I want to do that in a kind and gentle and compassionate way. I don't want to drive people off who are home from ever coming to church. I don't know if this is ever going to be different than it is now. Probably it's not. This this, uh, split between in-person church and online church is probably here to stay. And we're going to have to figure out a way to deal with it and where we're going to stand on it and how we're going to do the things that we that we need to do. I just wanted to encourage you guys and give you some things to think about, maybe open a dialogue. Listen, if you're listening and you're not a pastor, we have, we have many people who listen who are not pastors. I want to encourage you, Uh, If you gather together with your church uh, physically, be an encouragement to your pastor. If you happen to watch services online, then find every way you can to be engaged with that community. Leave a comment. Go, Go out of your way to leave comments and feedback. Text your pastor if you have the ability to do that. Let him know what you thought about his message, if you liked it anyway. And do what you can to be an encouragement, because I promise you, if you have a pastor who's doing a live stream and in person, he is struggling to maintain those two things. And your word of encouragement could make all the difference. All right, everybody, I'll be back next week with another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Send me an email, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. I would love to have a conversation with you. If I can help you or be an encouragement to you in any way, let me know your thoughts on what we've talked about today. And I look forward to our time together again next week, right here. We'll see you then.